You are listening to the Lucha Central Podcast Network. And now, Lucha Central Weekly. Welcome to another edition of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. This is the podcast that lets you know all of the latest happening in the world of Lucha Libre. Each week, our team discusses news and events from this past week, as well as previewing the week ahead, covering Mexico-based promotions and top independents, along with Luchador-related news from throughout the United States. The Lucha Central Weekly Podcast is part of the Lucha Central Podcast Network on LuchaCentral.com. This podcast and others from the network are also available on all major podcast platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, PodBay, and Speaker. And recently, this podcast has also been featured on TheChairShot.com. My name is Miranda Morales. I'm one of the co-hosts of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast, and I'm going to bring in the rest of this team. Introducing first, he is the dashing one, Mr. Dusty Murphy. Dusty, how's it going today? Oh, it's going fantastic. How's it going for you, Miranda? I am doing well. We are, you know, in the middle of still coordinating uh, scheduling due to this whole thing called daylight savings. Uh, so, uh, you know, the logistics. Yeah. But, hey, we got you covered, ladies and gentlemen. We still got all of the Lucha Libre news that you need to know. And we can't do it without the third member of this trio. And that's who? Who? Who are we talking about? That is the one and only Brendan Barr. That's who? That's right. It's me. It's you. (laughs) Yes. So daylight savings time. This may be the last year we do it in, in Seattle and Washington really? State. Really? Oh, yeah. Wow. Uh, we come to the dark side of Arizona where we just ignore it and <laughs> nothing changes ever here. Well, I'm afraid logistically for us that may wind up that we – I say on the wrong, eternally on the wrong side of us so that we it, eternally are three time zones representing in this this show now. But Jeez. we'll see. Yeah. You know. cool. It still has to pass. Yes. Yeah, that – Hey, you know, but we're still professionals here. We still bring you the Lucha Libre news that you need to know. We got you covered this week on WWE, AEW, MLW, Ring of Honor. We got some AAA news. We got it all for you. So without further ado, let's kick off the show, as we always do, with Brendan and the Road Back to Shows. Sweet. So Mexico City is still orange. I, I am sure that all of you listening are shocked to hear this after the last shocked. couple of weeks, yeah. but <laughs> that's where we are. Um, they, uh, they, we're getting closer and closer. You're going to start hearing more and more announcements of shows with fans. I believe, uh, we're going to have a few of those this week, but I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself here. Uh, well, only by a tiny bit. Uh, Rina Calasio Guadalajara is opening to fans. Uh, they are going to have, uh, or open defense. They, they, they were allowing about 300 people. Now, uh, um, Lucha Blog has them listed as, as having like a 7,000 person capacity. So that's a pretty significant 
significant uh, dispersal, but it is still a show in an arena, and a CMLL arena even, with uh, with fans in attendance. So that's that's a start. Um, we will we will take that. I uh, other shows that are probably going to stream for free, or well, are probably going to have fans. Uh, I'm reading my notes while I I'm trying to talk. That's always a plan. On 320, we're going to have a riot. Promotions is going to have a Covidiotos, Covidiotas. It's a COVID, Covidiot play. I, I'm yeah. just with Spanish, so I'm I'm just murdering the words. It's my gimmick. Remember, I I murder <laughs> Spanish words. Uh, it will be streaming live for free on the Lucha Mania Monterey YouTube channel. So 3:20 Lucha Mania Monterey. There they've got. Four matches listed, uh, Latigo versus, uh, Eric Ortiz. The winner of that will get a title shot. Hijo del Vikingo versus Ares. Aramis versus Jimmy. And Willy Banderas and Brian Vila versus Kamikaze and Promito. So, uh, sounds like a decent little show. I will, uh, check it out and if I, it looks like they're obeying safety standards. I will even put their uh, their results into the indie roundup. Um, uh, so in our follow up to the Blue Demon story, we have Blue Demon speaking very briefly in an interview where all he says is uh, his wife's accusations were low. Uh, it, and then he kind of goes on to to just not talk about it. So. Uh, he's not confirming or denying anything. He's just saying that, uh, I mean, from low kind of makes it sound like he thinks that the timing on this is awful. So, uh, hopefully we get more information on this in the future. I do, uh, I do want to hear more on Blue Demon's exploits and his run for, for political office, but, uh, we kind of need to get this settled before I get too excited about that. Um, a the documentary Luchadoras uh, about four female wrestlers in Cuidad Juarez premiered at uh, South by South Southwest. Um, I, yeah, I don't know why I'm struggling with that word. That's totally the name of it south by southwest it's expected to be at more uh more film festivals so uh i am hoping that we will be able to get it to watch a version of this movie at some point and be able to talk about it. it's a very interesting concept for the documentary and uh i'm very excited to, to look at it even if i have to go to california and watch it some you know or some other madness and then lastly, in our road back to shows, I have a nice little bit of kind of happy news. Uh, I don't know if they made an announcement and I missed it or if uh, just so much other stuff has been going on and they just decided that they were going to slowly do this. But Santino Brothers Academy mm-hmm. was posting uh, images and videos of people training inside their facility. Which is not a thing that's happened for some time thanks to COVID and other circumstances. So it was very exciting to see. Um, yeah. I don't, 
I don't have a lot of details on that, but I wish you guys at the the Santino Brothers Academy all the luck in the world as the world tries to reopen and wrestling schools, especially lucha th- schools, really are important to uh, to to me personally, but also to the the wrestling industry. So I really really uh, really wish you guys a lot of luck. And I still don't have Dusty to sing me in, so I'm just going to do the indie, <laughs> yes. do the indie roundup. We'll have to bring uh, it back in a revival. One of these yeah, you're going to have to do it live, Dusty. Yeah. You're going to have to do it live. <laughs> We're going to figure out the technology and make it happen. Uh, but uh, uh, CCW did have Christy Janes contending for the women's title on their uh, their their YouTube broadcast this week, uh, a live wrestling. It, it is a solid match, and uh, I'm not going to spoil the result because it's for a title, but if you are a Christy Janes fan, uh, I believe that is Legends of Lucha Libre performer and star Christy Janes, uh, you, should, uh, you should go on their YouTube channel and check it out. And then uh, I have found out from, from comments from other people that uh, – Lucha Time, who I've been covering, has been kind of bending the rules a lot as far as COVID prep. So uh, instead of catching up on their channel like I have been doing, I'm just going to give them a few weeks off and we will see how things go as Mexico reopens and and, uh, bring them back into the rotation shortly. So that is my indie roundup for this week. As always, I encourage you, if you are a performer, a, a promoter, a referee, anybody that's involved in the show, even a super fan. If you have a, have an indie show that you want me to look at, uh, and, and talk about on the air, please put, put it in front of me. We'll hand out the socials later in the show so that you can do that. You can send it to anybody else associated with the show and they can get it to me if that, that's easier for you. Um, but please do that and uh, emphasize, if you can, how you're meeting or exceeding safety standards, because that is uh, always a guaranteed shout out. Anybody who has a safe show is somebody I will automatically promote at this point in, in the show. Awesome. Yeah. Fantastic. And, you know, Brendan pulling through on, on his threats and promises that if <laughs> yeah. you are not running a safe show, he is not going to cover you. No matter who you are. Nope. Nope. So there, there that's, you go. And, that's actually what my notes for Lucha Time this week was just nope. Okay. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thank you, Brennan, for the road back to shows and the indie roundup. Uh, and up next, we're going to kick it off to Denise Alcedo, who brings us this week's Lucha Central Central. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Hey everyone, it's Denise Salcedo here in Lucha Central Central with a reminder of where and when to catch all of the great network content this week. 
Get the full lineup and listen to all of our shows in the podcast network section of LuchaCentral.com. On Tuesdays, Math, Mats, and Mayhem takes you inside the world of Lucha Underground as they take you weekly through the series with the benefit of hindsight and the benefit of special guests from the groundbreaking series. Check out the premiere video stream every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Lucha Central YouTube channel and at LuchaCentral.com. Then listen to it on your favorite podcast platform every Wednesday. Tuesday night's live is WrestleBots, where Fabi Chulo talks MMA and pro wrestling with special guests and listener call-ins. Visit WrestleBossLive.com Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific to listen live or call in with questions or download the show on podcast platforms on Wednesdays. Wednesday nights live on Facebook, it's Spanish show La Mesa de los Margaros, giving you both the news and the cheese made from around the lucha world. Special guests and a whole lot of fun make it one of the most talked about shows in Mexico. Thursdays, it's straight out of the bodega with Papo Esco and PWR promoter Gabriel Ramirez as they have guests from throughout the wrestling world pull up to give an inside look into their careers. From indie standouts to television superstars, each week brings a new name and perspective. On Friday, it's your double dose of Lucha Central Weekly podcast, one in English y el otro en español. Lucha Central Weekly is where you'll find all the top stories of the week, both inside and out of the ring from Mexico and anywhere luchadores are in action across the globe. Be sure to subscribe and follow all your favorite Lucha Central Network series on your favorite podcast platforms, either by their own series name or subscribe to the Lucha Central Podcast Network show pages to get all of the shows in one easy feed and please consider giving a rating to help more fans find the shows that you love for now this is denise salcedo signing off from lucha central central have a great week lucha-masks.com by pro wrestling revolution bringing you in partnership with mask republic the lucha brothers as well as japanese legend ultimo dragon Go to lucha-masks.com and fight lucha strong with masks from your favorite lucha legends and pro wrestling revolution luchadores. Stay safe in style and represent your favorite luchador. Get yours now at lucha-masks.com powered by pro wrestling revolution. As always, a big, big thank you to Denise Salcedo who lets us know what's happening throughout the Lucha Central uh, podcast network with Lucha Central Central. Up next, Dusty, you're going to let us know what happened this week on WWE SmackDown and Raw. Yeah, well, there was really nothing relevant on Raw. But on SmackDown, Ray and Dominic joined Street Profits to take on Otis, Chad Gable, Dolph Ziggler, and Robert Roode in an eight-man tag match that brought a predictably difficult layout, but had a lot of very clean work in the ring. Overall, though, it was largely a meaningless match just to kind of bide their time. It's exciting to see somebody like Street Profits interacting with the Luchadors again, though. Their work with Andrade and Garza last summer was fantastic. It just dragged on too long to maintain, like, your interest, and which is now what they're doing with the Mysterios. It's dragging on so long meaninglessly that you you don't know why you're watching. So, not, I mean, they won their match, but still not great placement for the Mysterios on SmackDown. But in really big news, Andrade this Huge week. News we broke. 
at the end of last week that Andrade had asked for and was later declined for a release from his contract with WWE. He later made a Twitter post saying that the rumors were true and he doesn't know what the future holds, but he wants to make his dreams come true, and he thanks everybody for giving him so much support these last few days. And we've kind of mentioned before how glaring his absence felt Mm -hmm. within WWE and how his relationship with Charlotte should probably carry some kind of cachet with the company and his placement therein. But, like, what do you guys think this means for his future? We've seen a few people like Mike Bennett ask for the release and go on to do nothing. Um, The Revival requested their release, uh, Brody Lee as well. I believe the Revival were released. I don't believe Brody Lee was. Sean Spears was released. But now that all these people have gone to AEW, you know, and that's what Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer reported, that WWE did not want to give him his release because they're not into handing talent to AEW. Mm -hmm. So that's that was the point I was going to make is the climate has been very different on a lot of these. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, at first, when, before COVID happened and, and all of the massive budget cuts that the WWE wanted to make so that they can have the most profitable year ever, um, they, they were not going to let anybody go. They didn't let, uh, anyone even remotely think about getting out of their contracts. And then later, when they were trying to make profits, they let people go and, inevitably some of them went to AEW. Some of them did other things, but I mean, yeah, some of them went to AEW. And, and so now we're in a weird spot again where they want their, they want to be more respectful of the, the threat that AEW presents. So they may or may not do that, but all honestly, the, all honestly, the political wins Right here would say Andrade leaves WWE tomorrow. He goes to ROH. Exactly. Yes. That's exactly yeah, what no, I was going to say. Like, right. would he really go <laughs> to AEW or would Not AEW now. be interested in him? Because in, I'm, in I'm all sure honesty, they would be. yeah, like I, I think they could do something with him, but I mean, AEW is already pretty stacked and, and thinking about how they would utilize him and what that meant. Like, I just, I just don't think they have enough room for him and what he would want to do, too. So I absolutely agree. He wouldn't go to AEW. He, we would see him in Ring of Honor first. Absolutely. His family's there. You know, like, yeah. that's where he's going to want yeah. to be. And the Ingo Bernables are there. You know, he's yes. Ingo Bernables for Vita. Like, he's, that's yeah. where he's got to be. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, yeah, that's that was the um, – I wasn't thinking necessarily that AEW wouldn't do enough with him. I was thinking more – uh, ROH has a spot for him that is just yes. ready and, and well and that's another thing like I think open. AEW doesn't have that because you know yeah, right. and we'll talk more about it this you know later on but they don't you know even though they have great lucha talent there I mean think about it they just brought Christian Cage on um they're still mm-hmm. you know they're still kind of figuring out what to do with the people they have on their roster um, and so bringing in someone that new, you wonder, you know, what is that going to, to look like? I would have loved, and we saw this sometimes, if he would just go back to NXT, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's on the table for him, but we've seen it with Finn Balor. We saw it with Breezango. Uh, you know, we, we saw it with a few people who were able to go back to NXT. And why not? You know, I mean, they're well, obviously... There, there's some already written storyline in there if there's any way to get him with Legado, but at the same time, he's 
you know, he could have a really great program there and do some great work and and still be with, you know, on uh, be signed with WWE. So there is a a big rumored why not as to to NXT, which is that WWE has a soft policy about people with partners inside the company working mm-hmm. in the same brand. So that would be going against that policy. But it's also Charlotte Flair. She makes yeah. up things. Literally, she does what she wants. She sets the shit up. So let's let. Just, like, <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm not discounting that, that Charlotte could yeah. have the stroke to make it happen if yeah. she wanted it to. Well, also but at the they're same filming time, everything in Florida, anyways. Like at this yeah. point, they're not yeah. going to. They at least. You're you right. Know. It's barely an excuse. I'm just yeah. that is the oh. one thing. That's and that that could make sense, or maybe too. Like they don't grant everyone's, you know, not only they don't grant people's requests to be released, they're not going to re- grant everyone's request to go to NXT either. There's probably right. dozens of people that are just we aren't even seeing on the on most of the time, or we're only seeing on main event. Uh, that would would jump to the chance to go to NXT if all they had to do was ask. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and honestly, like at this point, I don't know. After asking for his release, if they would even give him any kind of push, because historically, kind of once you ask, that's when they, you know, like uh, the revival asked, and that's when they started getting into the peeing on the jackets and all that stuff. Like it, it got weird. Those and, weird outfits they were going to yeah. put on mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. so I, I just don't know what I see happening. I, yeah. I think Charlotte and not just Charlotte, but Ric Flair have enough cachet and that, you know, they could make sure he gets the rub where it, it doesn't affect him. But at the same time, if they had that much stroke with Vince and the company, why aren't they getting him on TV? Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I, I just don't know. I, I'd like to see what comes of it. I did some research. He signed his contract in 2015 with WWE, had his debut match in January 2016. And so nobody really knows how long his contract is or how soon he is towards release. But it's going to be interesting in the next week or maybe a couple of weeks to see what happens. And also, I want to commend him for his refreshing honesty. You see so many people, like a rumor comes out, and they shit all over it like it's not Mm -hmm. true. Uh, We saw that with uh, Dustin Rhodes when he left. Yeah. uh, WWE's like, uh, you know, if you think I'm going to AEW, you're stupid. Well, he went to AEW. Yeah. (laughs) How stupid are we, really? Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And so I feel like, you know, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens. And But it, also the his honesty and I that's plays into it in a big way I think is going to be interesting as well because he just came right out. Yeah, the rumors are true. I asked for my release. You know, thanks for your support. We'll see what happens. I mean, that was kind of the gist of it. Yeah. And that is so refreshing and such a nice change. But also the – Honest discourse is really interesting between him and the fans, and I think that wherever he goes, the fans will follow now, regardless. But so I I just want to put this in perspective uh, on my perception of his character. He's he was an ingobernable first, and that that honesty goes with that whole attitude and mindset that yeah, I'm just gonna do what I'm gonna do, and I'm not gonna worry about the politics. I'm not gonna worry about. 
who I might rub the wrong way, I'm just going to say that what actually is going on in my life and just yeah. be done with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but to your point, that is why part of why Ingobernables are such a popular faction because they they do that either in the rules of the 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 sport or outside the rules of the sport, and and it draws attention to them in a unique way um, and people are drawn to that so I mean that's why I love the, the heck yeah. out of them um, absolutely and maybe it's also in a way to get WWE to cave you know the fact that yeah. sometimes you know people won't release that information if he's open to it and then there's this flurry of you know discourse from fans or other people in the business that says just let him go if you're not using him yeah. maybe eventually some of that pressure will get to WWE and they say fine enough is enough if, if you're not happy here and we exactly. don't want to use you and especially if uh, you know maybe they find uh, and if he talk about honesty, you know, does say I'm not going to go with AEW. I am going to go to Ring of Honor. Then maybe they're more, they'd be more inclined to to let him go. Yeah, I, I hope, tell. Yeah, I, I hope it starts something. Maybe mm-hmm. you know, just enough people to either have to use him or lose him. You know, yes. like that's. The, I guess that's probably his most hoped for outcome, but mine too. Like, I just, I'd love to see him anywhere. I mean, he's too talented to not be wrestling all the time, not be on TV. Like, we'll touch on some of his La Sombra stuff later, but yeah, I mean, this was La Sombra. Like, people forget mm-hmm. he was like the number one money draw for a while in Mexico and, mm-hmm. and, and big in Japan. Like, yes. he's, he's a true international draw. Yep. Which just makes it more shameful that WWE couldn't find two two stones to rub together with him. Mm-hmm. I mean, just seriously. Yeah. yeah. Well, we mentioned AEW. We have already a few times uh, just in this early broadcast. So, Dusty, a yeah. really packed week with AEW. Yeah, it was. And we'll be trying something new for the next couple of weeks, at least with the introduction of Dark Elevation. I'm going to start highlighting the best slash most relevant match from each Dark show. And if you have any strong opinions on that, good or bad or the difference, just write in and let us know. And But first up, we had Dark Elevation. And in our very first Dark Elevation match ever, we had Danny Limelight versus Jungle Boy. You would think that this would be like a barn burner. But you would be wrong. The commentary <laughs> never addressed the history between the two or their previous right. omnipresence on the West know, Coast so scene. I know. And, and then despite all of that, like the talent that they are, it never had a good rhythm. It felt like we were waiting to kind of watch them get all their stuff in before Jungle Boy got to win. And that's exactly what happened. And there's just been – this match had some of it too. There's just been too much visible cooperation in AEW lately, and the Way suspension of disbelief suffers as a result. It's been all over dark. Uh, this week, Jungle – or uh, Luchasaurus's match was terrible. Last week, there was some spots with Pentagon that were like that, and – I don't know. It's just not something I'm a fan of. And I'm also not a huge fan of Paul White on commentary either. I'm willing to give him a chance. This is a new role for him. With Tony at his side, I think he'll be pretty okay. But I don't know why they didn't just bring back Veda Scott. I guess they signed Mm -hmm. Big Show and had to use him. But Veda Scott was an awesome announcer, and they could Mm -hmm. use her for this. And she is accepting, I just saw on social media, she is accepting bookings for both commentary and wrestling for May. So 
think about yeah. that AEW. Yes. No, I, I, I'm with you on this. That was my notes on his, on, I was like, okay, let's see what Paul can do. And, uh, he's, he's not bad, but he's no. not. Yeah, and, he's uh, not the caliber of talent they've had before. He might be able to grow into it. Uh, other people who know him personally have said that he's, uh, he's an entertaining and engaging guy to talk to and he just needs to be able to relax a little more. So maybe as he does the the show a little more, he'll do that. But I mean, then again, if you get too relaxed, you turn into Taz and Excalibur, just there, <laughs> uh, totally inside stuff that only the two of them would get. So uh, yep. I don't know. Yeah, it'd be interesting. But I would love to see them, if not bring in like Beta Scott, maybe a third person who rotates. We could see people like Ricky Starks, um, you know. Uh, Miro, people like that could come in and commentate for a week, and that would be a reason to tune in as well. You know, it could play in some of the feuds. So hopefully we'll see some advancement there on the commentary team. Lots of options for them. Hopefully they'll take advantage of them. And then Tuesday Dark, on Tuesday Night Dark, our first highlight was Chaos Project defeated Fuego Del Sol and Jake St. Patrick. If you thought the luck of the Irish was with Fuego this week because he had a partner <laughs> named St. Patrick the day before St. Patrick's Day, you were wrong. Uh, the Chaos Project was in top form for this match. It was just a slightly extended squash match with Luther and Serpentico picking up the win in just under three minutes with the Creeping Death finisher. And I also want to give honorable mention to Ten from the Dark Order versus Jack Evans. This was a good back-and-forth match, and Helico got involved late in the match to help Evans kind of grab some advantage before Ten was able to kick out of Evans' Phoenix Splash. He locked in the full Nelson and got the win just after 10 minutes, which was nice. But what we didn't notice was during the Phoenix Splash, he took a shot to the nose or mouth. He was bleeding profusely afterwards. Pretty bad, yeah. But the yeah. image became kind of viral. Not necessarily iconic, but viral, I guess. It was a an incredible image. And so hopefully, you know, maybe the start of something for 10 as well. It would be Interesting to see what comes of that. And then we have Wednesday Night Dynamite. And this is where the magic oh. really happens. Oh. Uh, but but not, not, not yet. <laughs> First up, we had Cody Rhodes with Arn Anderson versus Penta El Zero Miedo. This was a really good match with a really terrible finish, in my opinion. Penta started out by kicking the crap out of Cody before he could even get his shirt off, and he just out charismaed Cody the entire match. He was putting on St. Patrick's Day hats from the crowd, and then he'd kick Cody. He'd throw up the Sarah Miedo hand. It was just awesome. He was also a strategist in the match. He really worked Cody's arm that he had already injured. He eventually snapped the arm with a vicious arm bar. But then Cody gets a quick roll-up with both arms and gets uh, a count. Hashtag LOL Cody wins. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. It was so bad, right? Yeah. Like oh. The way that you just did that just, like, re-traumatized me. Like, I, wa- <laughs> it's I watched this watch match, it. and I just, like, I just started screaming terrible things at Cody through the, the screen because it just felt like, 
Cody that that was that, that felt like I'm the boss I'm gonna win anyway because yeah. of the way they did that and I'm Dusty Sun and I'm the boss exactly all of the yeah. things like I don't think that helps his reputation you know like really the only person that I think he's really put over and helped build is Darby Allen and yep. so and that's been in a year you know yeah. of AEW's existence the fact that he really hasn't lost because I would argue that MJF was already pretty made. And even then, you know, he ultimately won that feud. So the fact that we go through this again to just have him win, I just I just don't get it. Well, and I mean, and then there's the other side of this, too. Not only did you have that, but you devalued Pentagon's big move, the one that made him famous in the United States like that, that that move should be super protected right now. He If he hits that, that arm should be dead he should cody should have done it if he needed if he still wanted to have his glory and have a roll-up win it could have been a one-armed schoolboy. yeah he didn't have cradle. to use both uh yeah. and and then he didn't even need to win the match but because he got beat down afterwards so could have just started the beat down to end the match and then he could have you know had had uh his his moment of i didn't lose mm-hmm. i'm still my the proud warrior and they could have still gotten to where they were at without devaluing pentagon whatsoever but because he Absolutely. needed to have that no cell two-armed roll-up win he made penta look like an idiot and yeah yeah exactly <laughs> and and it yeah it just was not a good ending and and like Penta had kind of led the match up to that mm-hmm. point. You yeah. Know, I mean, he was the obvious, like, if you were going to pick a winner, he was obvious. And as Brendan mentioned, he attacked Cody after the match. And Dustin Rhodes and the gun club ran in to save what was left of Cody's mangled arm. And Penta walked away with panache, and he left through the face tunnel, which is kind of interesting. You know, we saw that with Sammy when he broke away from the uh, inner yeah. circle, he left through the face tunnel, and and so we're kind of seeing heel Cody too a little bit. I think you know we've that's the other thing they don't know what to do with Cody. Like they do this super babyface stuff, like his uh, gender reveal and all that. Like that was dumb. And yeah, what's the, this is not a place for it. Like you don't take no. up airtime to do your your family announcement. I'm just saying, like why it and I know. I know they, they made some amends for it. Why are you spending airtime on your baby announcement when you can be giving somebody a promo or you could be adding that to a match, especially in your women's division? Don't start with me, AEW, because I will come for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just... I, I've been recently called out by some of my friends as being a little soft on, on AEW's bad stuff. And then this week they, they went, over the line for me and it's hard for me to maintain the positive attitude that i try and have yeah. while we're on the air well especially with somebody like pentagon who is so special and such a unique talent like they yeah. just they really mm-hmm. dropped the ball on that one but the next relevant match we had was ray phoenix versus angelico this was an amazing match phoenix and angelico have only faced off once before in a singles match in england 
So this was the first time on this continent slash hemisphere or on television that you could kind of see them together. And the meshing of their individual styles was incredible. They both really elevated their opponent in the match. And Phoenix's ability to adapt to the like any style and Helico's athleticism really brought together the best of Phoenix's aerial work and Angelico's Iveo submission style. So we got to see – oh. Don't want to forget. We did see some interesting Rudo work with Angelico pulling away Phoenix's K tape on his back. Yeah. But we got to see Phoenix pick up the win with a pile driver. But this easily could have been Angelico's match too. Inventive, unique. I loved it. Immediately afterwards, when Phoenix got the win, Pac slid into the ring to Mad Dog Angelico and talk some trash. It was fantastic. Like yeah. the, the Phoenix Pac pairing is just sublime like they have really figured it out with these guys and i love it but then we had our main event what everybody was excited for the unsanctioned lights out match anything goes between dr Britt baker dmd with rebel versus thunder rosa i cannot say enough good things about this match it's easily one of the best matches to ever air on tv it's hard to say what the best ever is because tastes change, context change, but I feel confident saying this was the best women's match I have ever seen and the best AEW television match I've ever seen. This was – yeah, yeah, it was bloody. It was a violent fight, and these are two of the toughest and most badass women on the planet. You, you really have to see this match. They went toe-to-toe. They seized the opportunity to show the entire world that they are truly the best at what they do. Man or woman, nobody on the roster can touch these two. I mean, it was so good. I could have never imagined when the storyline started a few months ago that it would culminate in a match like this main eventing Dynamite. And after the match, uh, Rosa gets the win, by the way, with a Thunder Driver. Stunning, bloody... <laughs> terrible I mean, like the after violent, so many awful things happen to both yeah of them. thumbtacks she power bombs brit baker onto the thumbtacks brit <sighs> gets the bag of thumbtacks out for so brit takes the power bomb on him but then rosa takes a submission on the thumbtacks the lockjaw it was yeah i mean it was insane yeah you really have to see it but after the match, Britt Baker said Rosa's mistake was in leaving her alive. But Rosa said she left her alive so that she could be the face of the women's division because Rosa wants to be the face of wrestling, period. And so good. And I uh, I do want to say there are some technical flaws with this match. So you will, if you are listening to this outside of this show, you will hear some people that probably have some less than complimentary things to say. But I only really noticed and cared about those on my second watch through of this match. Exactly. Because... I didn't notice live. <laughs> I think that's also part of the beauty is that when a match captures your attention and imagination and it pulls at you kind of emotionally. And mm-hmm. I feel like that, at least for me, some people are technical, you know. Yep. Uh, and they're the ones just, that are going to have all that and stuff. And they're going to have one. But also because all these types of matches are not, they, you know. Like, that's just not their, their strong suit anyways. Anyone who's looking for a technical masterpiece, you know, this is not going to be, AEW exactly. is not your place to do that at this point <laughs> in the women's division. If you don't know this by now, and it's not to say that there's not potential, but I think too what it really did is help solidify the legitimacy of having a strong women's 
women's division and something that's going to be unique. You know, we've not seen this in NXT. We don't, we're not going to see this in any other women's division. And that is something too AEW has kind of stated that they do think is their strong suit is violent matches. And if they can actually do that within, you know, both the men's division and women's division, that is something that's very unique. Now, you don't need to do it all the time, of course. It's, it's, the rarity of it is going to make it that much special. But I think the fact that we've seen this program between these two for such a, you know, for months now, Mm-hmm. That just projected really well in this match, and you you made it like you you wanted to care, you cared about yeah. it. You did. There was exactly. an emotional connection yeah. with the match. Yeah. And at this point, I didn't even care who won. I just wanted yeah. to see it. You know, like I love <laughs> Britt Baker. I love Thunder Rosa. I was happy to see Thunder Rosa win. I mean, she looks like a uh-huh. superhero out there. She had some amazing green gear for St. Patrick's Day that looked mm-hmm. like dragon scales. And, I mean, it was just incredible. And the visual of the blood mixing with her face paint made – I mean, we know Britt Baker's a bleeder. But when Thunder Rosa started to bleed, she just looked like – I mean, like yeah. something on the next level. If she was coming at you, you would run. You wouldn't just get out of the way. You would run. <laughs> and I mean, yep. she, I mean, she just looks so – I mean, not to kind of – no pun intended with the show, but she just looked so dynamite last mm-hmm. night. Like everything she did – was so crisp and clean and explosive. And, I mean, we all know Thunder Rose is good. We all know Britt Baker's good. They're, but the way they have advanced in this feud is shocking. We've mentioned it before. Thunder Rosa has no plateau. She just keeps going up and up and up. Mm-hmm. And her talent seems to know no bounds. And I don't necessarily know that this is the end of their feud. I think it is for a while due, yeah, just due to the – strength of the match but i think because of that we're always going to think of them you know uh like in the way you think of like hulk hogan and macho man you know they're always tied in a way and oh. yeah so I, yeah I, I see what you're saying yeah yeah steamboat and flair mm-hmm. yes yes just like that i think they're yeah. going to be tied in together permanently because of this match it was so good and so unexpected and beyond anything. I mean, and, and like you said, AEW has a reputation for putting on these violent matches, but I don't know that an American company has ever put on a women's match. I mean, at least the WWE, WCW, the major companies have mm-hmm. put on a match this violent for the women. Like it was really unique in its placement in American wrestling. I'm, I'm it, fairly certain that's that was. Uh, Rosa's intention is to mm-hmm. really take that neck because she's she said that so many times she said that in the interview going into this match is that she came to this company to elevate women's wrestling. Yeah. And, uh, Would and then she ever. <laughs> 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 Which is why I'm more than willing to forgive some of the, the technical issues. That, yeah. It, that were there because mm-hmm. I was emotionally invested in the match. Yes. I was. Oh, me too. I was, it was, uh, it is going to be a memorable match. I mean, it's coming off of the heels of a very disappointing pay-per-view finish. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's, it, it may be elevated in a lot of people's estimation just because it was not that kind of a failure either. So, yeah. you know, I, the, yeah, I mean, it was, it, it, it's, it's singular. It stands alone. You know, yeah. I mean, it's mm-hmm. really its own thing, which is, especially this far into the 
years of professional wrestling, wrestling on TV, to be able to come up with something unique and emotional and exciting and impactful that we're still talking about with this much excitement is a big deal. Yeah. And not only that, but it was the first women's main event. Like they, yeah. yep. they had. You hear about people grabbing the brass ring. Well, they really grabbed they the really brass did. ring. They knocked it out of the park with this match. And they, they're they never going to be the same. Like, they're always going to be top-of-the-card people now. Like, there's no – I mean, like, yeah, the, the pinnacle of women's wrestling at this point right now for me is Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. So you can get the results of AEW and WWE from this week at LuchaCentral.com. You can also find results for MLW this week on LuchaCentral.com. And, you know, I was talking with Dusty and Brendan on how to describe this week's MLW because (laughs) it was not one of my favorite episodes, which is surprising to me because MLW, since they've returned, have been consistently great um the 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 featuring of lucha libre talent but also the mix of other talent um has been really really well their storytelling has been solid this week just missed the mark um really the the show began with uh los parks injustice and contra battling outside of the arena and that leads to what we'll see in the main event but the first match of the night was really the best uh, Brian Pillman Jr. was revealed as the person who's accepted Leo Rush's challenge oh. for the middleweight championship. And it's yeah. great to see Brian Pillman Jr. back on MLW. Um, at one point, it was revealed that, you know, he was trying to leave MLW to get on and, and be signed with AEW. That still hasn't quite panned out. So fortunately, it looks like he could still work for both companies. And it's probably to his benefit because mm-hmm. we've talked about it. AEW now, even though they have Elevate and they still have Dark, it's really, really stacked. It's a challenge to, to get to it a is. point where you can get noticed. And be regularly seen on Dynamite. So and have a spot, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Have, have that spot. So I well, in like, a single spot, yeah. too, mm-hmm. like he does in MLW. It's important to have that. He's more of a tag team guy in AEW. Yes. Yeah, so to have that. It was it was a great match um, as far as, as technicality. Um, a beautiful acai moonsault um, from Leo Rush that he did uh, on the outside of the ring. Yes. And, of course, Leo wins with the final hour frog splash. Um, and I'd love to see them uh, again. Maybe this is a continuous open challenge that Leo Rush has, um, but I wouldn't be mad at seeing um, them do this again and just continuing to see Brian Pillman Jr. Um, on the MLW roster. Up next, we had Mil Muertes versus Pero. So Pero came back uh, on board just recently, and his beef with Mil Muertes is based off of what happened last week when Mil uh, pretty much destroyed Hammerstone, and he still has the open weight championship. Mil stole this from Hammerstone after his match with L.A. Park. And so my analogy for this is... You know, the upcoming movie, King Kong versus Godzilla. (laughs) (laughs) And if you're looking for a wrestling equivalent of that, it is this. Two huge, huge men facing each other. And the match was only like less than five minutes, which in reality, that's all you could really do for for two men of of this size. Um, 
Neil hit a, a bunch of punches to the face. Um, the first pinfall was one where he didn't even really try to pin Pero. It was more, you know, having him down and, and hitting him um, and, and wailing on him. Um, Pero, though, did hit a great senton um, on Neil, and there was this attempt at a power slam that almost wasn't where because of the size of Pero, you know, I think it was pretty hard for Mill to, to hold on and do that power slam. Um, but Mill did get the win with his finishing maneuver straight to hell. And yeah, I was really just watching this match thinking this is what King Kong versus Godzilla is going to look like. I mean, <laughs> to just change the wrestling ring to be an aircraft carrier. Yeah. I mean, out. really a lot of their action too was outside of the ring. If I would love to see them in like maybe a no DQ falls count anywhere type of match, like that's what they need to, they, they cannot, no, I don't want to say function because they're both, they're both great wrestlers, but those two men of that size, you cannot have a, a normal wrestling match. Um, wow. Maybe yeah, that's I mean, what they'll allude yeah. to one day, or that's just something they could do in the future, but... Um, well, they're doing all of this tie to Lucha Underground. That, yeah. So, yes. and, his, and when you think of Mil Muertes matches in Lucha Underground, you're usually thinking of the casket matches. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping we get something of that kind of uh, presentation, that, that level. Yeah. At some point, I mean, yeah. Pero is probably not the guy they're going to do it with. Uh, he's a no. he's a good big guy, but he's not. And a big that's name. what I think this was trying so. to establish is Pero doing that in defense of Hammerstone. Um, you know, so they're trying to build him up as a, as a baby face against someone who is very uh, uniquely and obviously brutal in this case. So I get it, but it also, man, like I. It just, it, anyways, I just, it's, hard, it's hard for me to put into to words. Um, speaking of hard for me to put into words, the main event. So I, I've come up with the formula of how I want to talk about this um, because the main event was originally supposed to be Los Parks versus um, Injustice for the tag titles. However, due, the, due to the events earlier on, um, MLW management had decided to make this a triple threat between Los Parks, Injustice, and Contra. So that, though, I'm going to use a compliment sandwich for this um, because the storytelling in this has been really great because you've seen Injustice and Contra um, battling it out. Then you have Contra and Los Parks. And then injustice gets, injustice gets thrown into this. And so it's been a really good way of melding these teams together in storytelling where their paths cross and they interact. Not always, but enough where they can kind of mix things up. Um, and this is even like a long story, long standing storyline between injustice and contra from, you know, almost a year mm-hmm. ago. So I I respect the storytelling. The match itself was not well executed. Um, And I would say a lot more from those parks. Like they, for some reason, things just did not click. Um, And so I think there was things off with timing. I think overall there was a lot more chemistry between Injustice and Contra. And those interactions I liked a little bit more. But I was not a fan of this match. 
The other side of it, though, is that when Los Parks came to the ring, L.A. Park brought in some old school WCW La Parca moves and just hit everybody with a chair. <laughs> Literally everybody in the ring got hit with a chair. And that was pretty cool. Yeah, um, the that was back. the chairman, man. That <laughs> yeah. was a markout moment. Like if you're a Lucha yeah. fan and you just man, if you love, you know, 90s uh, La Parca. Just watch that clip. That's all you really need from this match. Um, ultimately, uh, L.A. Park got the win for his team by doing uh, the big spear on Jordan Oliver. He's the one who took the pin for this. Um, so Los Parks are still your MLW Tag Team Champions. Um, and, and we'll see what continues of this program. It looks like they're going to continue with this for um, the foreseeable future. They do have their big... Uh, you know, event happening, their, their major free, uh, pay-per-view. It's not even pay-per-view, but their larger, you know, event happening, um, in a few weeks. So, um, yeah, I mean. Free for view? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh. It's a two hour card with big matches. Yes, yeah. Yes. Um, but, you know, again, I mean, if you're looking at, you know, trying to evaluate what you watched this week, uh, for MLW, the first match and, uh, LA Park with the chair. That, th- those are my recommendations. Yes. So there, there we go. That is this week's MLW. Again, you can find the results on luchacentral.com. Up next, Brendan, you have, uh, some updates from us from Mass Republic, including Expo Lucha that's happening this Saturday. Well, that's all about Expo Lucha this week. That's what I've got. Um, they have just been dropping tons and tons of content. Uh, they announced the Bachelorette for your segment. Uh, so uh, what's the official name on your segment? It is the Ring of Love Dating Game. <laughs> there we go. The Ring of Love Dating Game. Lizzie Ex Lucha from, from the Twitterverse, apparently, is going to be the Bachelorette. Uh, I've seen her profile on Twitter. Uh, it's going to be a fun, fun show. They're now saying three bachelors instead of four bachelors. So <laughs> uh, maybe that's a time constraint or maybe that's a, you know, card card will vary. But uh, I'm yes, still very card subject to change, even on dating <laughs> games. <laughs> it's, if wrestling's involved, the card is subject to change. The card is always subject to change. Um, and then they released previews of the segments that are going to happen, including, uh, since we just talked about MLW, including, uh, the Eat Like a Luchador preview where Selena is, does a little live cooking segment with her mama for, for her segment on there. And then, uh, just a little shout out to our, our, our co-broadcasters here. Apparently, Miflo from the Mass Mats and Mayhem has a recipe in there somewhere too, cause, uh, yeah, right? Very cool stuff. And then, uh, uh, we know that there's some fantastic pictures in it because we were talking with Jerry about that. So I'm really excited to see the previews that are going to come out on Saturday for that. Uh, they released more, uh, info on the, at, at Expo Lucha shop. Uh, they're gonna have a number of, of pieces that are going to feature that, uh, Luchadora that was done by Rockets Are Red as the, part of this year's poster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's a very cool image. So, uh, like, but that stuff is only gonna be available 
during the Expo Lucha shop. So it sounds like it's going to be a 48-hour shop from 10 a.m. on Saturday morning when the show goes live until Monday morning. So uh, watch the show or watch our roundup of the show. Figure out what you want to buy and get in there and make a surgical strike because your window of opportunity is not going to be open for very long. Uh, they also have been previewing Vampiro and Cassandro's interviews. Uh, Mass Mets and Mayhem has the Vampiro interview and Denise Salcedo has the Cassandro one. Um, both are going to be interesting in vastly different ways. Yes, very, very different. <laughs> previews are up on Mass Republic social media pages. And yeah. also I know Mass Mats and Mayhem has a preview on their page. Yeah. That just says it enough. If you just look at those two. <laughs> It gives you just exactly what you need to know. And uh, the one that intrigued me um, is there. there's just a little picture that says what the WTH is NFT. And I don't know. I mean, I, I have a solid idea that WTH is asking the what the heck is, but I have no idea what NFT is. They said they'll tell us on Saturday. So, I mean – I'm already, I was already gonna tune in, so you didn't need to hook me, guys. Why did you do this to me? <laughs> that was, that was the most intriguing of the, the, uh, promos that I saw. Not because I'm not interested in the other stuff, but because I have no idea what that, is that merch? Is that, <laughs> is that, is that, uh, is that a wrestler? That'd be great if it was a wrestler, and this is just how they're gonna introduce a new, Legend of Lucha Libre, but I have no idea. No. I mean, yeah. So we're going to have to tune in on Saturday. Uh, we have plans to do a wrap up show like we did last year. So, uh, uh, do keep your eye on, uh, have we got, do, are we officially going to be on the uh, Lucha Central YouTube page or is that, uh, still figuring that out? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Still have to coordinate on the logistical side of that. Um, but we are working on trying to be on the official uh, Lucha Central YouTube page uh, when we do our roundup um, live. Either way, um, we'll also have a recording of it that will become uh, that w- that will be available a few days afterwards. That will be on the Lucha Central YouTube page regardless. But the live version, we're still coordinating. Okay, didn't mean to put you on the spot on the air there, but. Uh... Yeah, so we should be having some some good stuff going on. Uh definitely uh I will be paying attention to a lot of the merch releases. So if you have weird questions about the merch, uh I'm your guy. We'll do socials later, but you can certainly tune in to me. Uh they will be announcing the winners of all the big contests. I'm super excited to see that cuz the last time's entries were fantastic and and they've only had more time to to come up with ideas for costumes, action figures, custom toys. I don't even remember what the fourth one is anymore because those were the yeah. those are my big three. Um, yeah, uh, you know, so so we will have a lot of that going on. Uh, Expo Lucha this weekend. I mean, it's gonna be huge, huge. Yes, Expo Lucha this Saturday, March twentieth, starts at ten a.m. Pacific Standard Time. So that's why we mentioned those time zones for you. Make sure you know what time zone you're in because uh, all of the social media and poster information states 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Which means I'm the only one that has to get up early on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, that's noon, my time. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think is... we're on the same time zone, Brendan. <laughs> oh, that's, right. that's right, we are on the same time zone. Yeah, now. we're on the same time zone now, but yeah, I'll still, I'll still be awake. <laughs> still got to, still got to. All right, this week in NXT, we start off the show with Finn Balor calling out Karrion Cross, and they have a confrontation in the ring. Uh, of course, Scarlett accompanying uh, Karrion. They are interrupted uh, by Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch, who comes out and pretty much tell Balor that he should be facing Pete Dunne and not Karrion Cross. However, in the mystic ways that Scarlett uh, has and does, she pretty much convinces Oni and Danny to uh, face Karrion and Finn Balor for the NXT tag titles, which they agree to. Um, I don't think anybody could say no to, to Scarlett, so that does not surprise me. But you see <laughs> that tried. later. Well, they tried, but at the same time, like, no. Like, talk about a bruja. Like, she, <laughs> she definitely has that, that vibe coming off. In only the best ways. Yes. We'll see that later on in the show. Uh, but we had Brizango versus Legado de Fantasma, Joaquin Wilde, and Raul Mendoza. Um, and I really like how this match started as far as commentary really playing up the, uh, the kind of the longstanding and, uh, good rigor and, and trying to come up with the, the words to it, but just like the legacy of Brizango with, you know, mentioning how Fandango won, you know, his, his first match at WrestleMania about, um, Tyler Breeze facing Jushin Thunder Liger and just how they are very experienced as well. And you get that in just the first few minutes um, because Fandango really eludes Raul Mendoza in all of his fast efforts to try and take control of the match early on. Um, however, it was also really nice to see Legado the Fantasma get one up on them um, with exactly their in-ring maneuvers and really no interference from um, – from Santos Escobar, um, because that's something that we're very used to with them. Um, but really, he didn't have any involvement in this match. Um, but, you know, there was, uh, you know, some some strategic elements to this with a blind tag that allowed Legado de Fantasma to hit their finisher for the win. Um, so a great win for them. But really, this all set up. Jordan Devlin coming out to confront Santos Escobar. After the match, Santos Escobar used one of the commentary headsets to call out Jordan Devlin. He says, I know you're here. Where are you? Come out. Jordan Devlin came out and confronted him in the ring. And pretty much they called each other out. You know, who is the false uh, cruiserweight champion? Uh, Devlin pretty much saying your reign is done but the true champion is here Escobar saying you only have that belt because everyone forgot about you and Santos is the one who called out uh, Jordan and said let's set this up for NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver uh, so the challenge was set Devlin responded by a pretty big headbutt and suplex um, before he left and you saw a lot of blood coming from Santos mouth so something about it hit hard so it is not official official yet as far as uh as far as i know or just haven't seen it yet uh on social media but mr regal has an announcement 
Yes, once Regal announced it, then we know it's official. But it, it's something that many fans have already been thinking about that WWE has alluded to for quite some time. We are going to see Jordan Devlin versus Santos Escobar for a unified cruiserweight championship. That would, yeah, that would be the MMA terminology. Yes. They would, yes. it would be the uh, unified version of the belt or the. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. So. That That is going to be super exciting. Again, men with two very distinct, different styles of wrestling, but showcases the best that the cruiserweight division has to offer. So um, my my hope with this is that Santos wins. And not only because we favor, you know, luchadors, but I do feel like uh, his career has just been fantastic and just shot through the roof. Um, as cruiserweight champion um and you know why stop now um unless they're really going to be pushing jordan devlin on both nxt and nxt uk um which you know from the heavy breathing of brendan sounds like that's a risky move i Uh, how about you just don't and (laughs) right (laughs) yeah see Miranda knows. <laughs> she knows what I'm thinking about, and yes. I'm not even going to say it out loud. But mm-hmm. pushing him, pushing Devlin, just is not a good move. But it's the WWE, so yeah. I'm expecting it. Yeah. Uh. So, um, and and Legato still has a lot of great work that they can do in NXT as far as having that leadership from Santos. And you have, you know, say like the Undisputed Era is no more. Why don't you have an, you have now room for another immensely strong faction to flourish there? At the top of the card. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let him do it. You know, unless this only frees up Santos to go after the NXT championship. And we'll get into that in a second. But even then, you may not, you may not need to do that. He can still go after the NXT championship as cruiserweight champion. Before we get into tonight's main or the the night's main event, we did see Zoe Stark face Dakota Kai, um, and that itself was a great match, a great outing by Zoe Stark. Dakota Kai won after the match. Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai had their eye on Zoe, but Io Shirai came out, kind of to make a save, kind of to make a challenge, where she came out with a contract in which she shoved into Raquel Gonzalez's face. Looking like it's a contract for NXT Stand and Deliver for them to face each other for the NXT Women's Championship. And so uh, they're, uh, you know, and seeing them stand in the ring together, seeing the vastly different size between these two women makes it all that much more interesting. Um, yes. Because of the fact that they've really built up EO as a fighting champion. One of the longest reigns in NXT has faced everyone on the roster, but has not faced anyone like Raquel. And the momentum that she's built in all of her matches and everything that she's done over the past year is showing that Raquel's going to be the biggest challenge of EO's career. And so it makes me in particular, very, very excited to see this. But also you have, again, two vastly different Lucha Libre backgrounds with EO being more of the high flyer and Raquel mm-hmm. being the brawler. So you're going to see that really play out 
when they face each other in the ring. Uh, speaking of them, though, next week on NXT, we are going to see Raquel Gonzalez and uh, Dakota Kai team up to face Io Shirai and Zoe Stark. Um, this is also fantastic for Zoe, who's getting such an uh, amazing opportunity. Yeah. Um, and she has a, a outstanding quality of work. So just as someone, again, as, as Brandon and I do, always give the rub to the West Coast uh, talent who make it because... <laughs> They they don't always get the shine, but the fact that Zoe Stark has already made this big, I mean, pretty much the biggest storyline on the NXT women's division and, and has been in there is going to be great. If anything, if we see Raquel Gonzalez uh, win uh, the NXT Women's Championship after she has, you know, a rematch with Dakota, I mean, a rematch with uh, Io, um, it is very easy to predict that Zoe could be uh, one of her first challengers. Um, that's just me, you know, storybooking all of this. Uh, <laughs> but I'm, I don't, don't come at me because I like, I like my fantasy booking. Uh, <laughs> also next week, we're going to see the NXT women's tag team champions, Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon defend their tag titles as well. But the main event. So you had Karrion Cross and Finn Balor teaming up to face Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch. Really, this was just a way to continue to set up this storyline between Karrion and, and uh, Finn Balor. It was announced this week. We are officially going to get them facing each other at NXT Stand and Deliver. Um, of course, they did not win because, I, you know, they're not doing that. But um, Karrion Cross. Uh, afterwards got the best of Finn Balor. They lost the match kind of due to some miscommunication. Um, and so it was a great way to build up and continue the storyline for a week. It only adds to, you know, the complexity, I think, of, of their dynamic and their both their personalities and just, you know, how they're going to come into this. It will be a very tall order for Finn Balor. And, you know, Karrion Cross is coming back after the title he never lost. So I imagine that this is going to be something that is, is going to be a showstopper at Stand and Deliver. But, uh, again, another fantastic episode of NXT. Um, I mentioned you got some matches already lined up for next week. And there's always more. Um, and, of course, the results you can find on LuchaCentral.com. Up next, Dusty, why don't you let us uh, know what else, uh, you know, well, not what else, but I had I had something I was going into, but I, I lost it for a second. Uh, yep. But, Dusty, why don't you take us into This Week in Lucha Libre History? Well, yeah, that's right. It's time for This Week in Lucha Libre History. Be sure to check in at LuchaCentral.com every single day for this day and Lucha Libre History by Pep Carrera. For information, birth dates, anniversaries, match of the day, amazing videos, and even more. It's, and it's all about Lucha Libre, and it's all free. And it's at LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. This week I chose March the 19th, 2010, when La Sombra won El Felino's Mask in a Mask versus Mask match at the 15th edition of the CMLL uh, Dos Leyendas show at the Arena Mexico in Mexico City. The, in this way, we now know the identity of Jorge Luis Casas Ruiz. This was a Dos Leyendas show which pays homage to Salvador Luderoth and this year Ray Mendoza. The Dos Leyendas shows always honor EMLL slash CMLL founder Salvador Luderoth, but for the first few years they honored Santo 
And then after Io Del Santo left CMLL, it became a way to honor a different legend every year, which made it kind of a cool and unique event. The main event of this Dos Leyenda show was a Revelos Suicida tag team match, a suicide team basically match, where the first two wrestlers to be pinned in the match were then forced to face off against each other in an Apuestas match with their masks on the line. The match started out in a four-way with Mystico and La Sombra facing off against Volador Jr. and El Felino. La Sombra and El Felino were both pinned during the match, which led to La Sombra defeating El Felino. And after his loss, El Felino unmasked and revealed his real name, Jorge Luis Casas Ruiz. And, of course, La Sombra later became known as Cien Almas, so, you know, Andrade. And so we got a, you know, nice to remember, you know, a nice little refresher this week of what he used to do and what he's capable of. I've mentioned it before, but it's like somebody really talented in a band. He can't, he, he's better than what they're giving him and he needs to, to go on beyond that, but he won't ever get any better with the people he's playing with now. So he's <laughs> just got to, got to move on and do something else and, Hopefully, we'll get to see that soon. What did you pick this week, Brendan? This week, I chose March 17th, 2002, when Kinect won the sixth edition of Lucha Libre AAA's Raider Reyes Tournament. Um, so, I just want to preface this. I got excited because this was a video that I could watch of this match. I always love Raider Reyes. And, and people who know me know that I'm very interested in Kinect's very kind of storied career where he was kind of a national hero for a while. But this was, well, this was 2002, so this was well after that. Uh, he, uh, he did wind up winning this one, but the story seemed to be more about Cybernetico being in this match. I'm gonna, so let me get it, I'm getting a tiny bit ahead of myself here. So he won the Raider Reyes tournament. After beating Pirata Morgan, Cybernetico, Octagon, uh, Cybernetico and Octagon. Uh, this was in, uh, Jalisco. Uh, the, the match started off. Everybody was kind of brawling. Kinect was, uh, very featured, but not, I mean, Cybernetico was kind of where all the fans' attention was at. And then, as a couple people got eliminated, uh, people from the back started coming out. I, uh, missed the names of some of the people, but I, it sounded like, uh, one of the Pena family was involved. And, uh, and then, uh, uh, Albrije was there. And, and, uh, they distracted Cybernetico, allowing, uh, connect to win who so you get a very brief celebration of him in rank so the part that i actually got excited for i'm like oh this will be an interesting note in connect's career over and done with real fast and the remaining like 10 minutes of the video are people tormenting and or attacking cybernetico so uh very different story than what i expected going in still very interesting made me very interested in what was going on why everybody was upset with cybernetico went online and looked it up and realized it's largely because cybernetico at that point in time was one of the most hated men in all of wrestling yes <laughs> and uh and this was kind of a big payoff that and and uh he he went on a short hiatus i believe after this i i may have conflated a couple of stories there but uh 
uh yeah so it was very interesting i just i went in with expecting one thing and got another which is a thing that i should expect more when i choose triple a matches from the early 2000s because they were very good at that they were very good at giving us bizarre all over the play storylines like they um, were yeah (laughs) yeah miranda's talked about several of the 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 ones from the apache family and how they're kind of all over the place and the story is is crazy and i should have gone and expecting something more like that um so that was my awkward segue to what did you pick this week miranda uh miranda Sorry, uh, I was talking. My dogs were barking earlier, so I had to like mute myself, and I forgot to unmute myself. Uh, so <laughs> we're trying here. We're trying. Uh, I'm trying. Uh, I picked March 21st, 2014, and this is when Roosh won Shocker's hair in a hair versus hair match. Um, this was also at a Dos Leyendas show. This was the 19th edition of CMML, CMLL's Dos Leyendas show in Arena Mexico. And the match itself was really, really good. A very technical match between Rushin and Shocker. Um, for me, it was, again, I always like to go a little bit more into the history and kind of how this, this sets up or how it was set up and, and what it meant for the future. Um, so this kind of came together after Rush um La Mascara and Titan lost the Trios Championship um on February eighteenth uh to El Felino, Mr. Nebula and Negro Casas. Um from there Rush Casas and Shocker had agreed to do a three way up Westis match. Um, but Casas wasn't able to do the match. He was forced uh, out of it so um and later on said he would face the winner of that. So that's when you had this one in particular. Um, and this was his uh, fourth Apuestas match win. Um, and you kind of knew, I mean, knowing now, like, Roosh and that, you know, the beautiful pelo that he has, like, he ain't going to be cutting it off. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I really liked this match. And even seeing Shocker at the end going into the crowd and having people kind of cut his hair and just, you know, that homage to it. Um, was was great. Um, now, not too long after this, Roosh then, and at this point he was very heel in his run at CMLL. He ended up forming uh, an alliance with La Sombra, and they both were rules at the time and started to call themselves the Technicos Diferentes. That eventually evolved when La Mascara came in and they were the indesirables, the undesirables that later evolved into Los Ingobernables. So this was just one step in that continuous journey into Los Ingobernables. Um, but I feel like even then the crowd was very responsive to Rush. He wasn't like, even though he was a fairly big heel, wasn't super until you know, the events after this. No, but it very much, I agree. It was kind of, you could see the early foundations of yeah. who he would become. Yes. And yeah. talk about, man, history. What would Lucha Libre and pro wrestling be without Los Ingobernables? A lot less colorful. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they had worldwide impact. Their impact in uh, New Japan and everything was Naito. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, Still one of the most popular things going. Yeah, totally agreed. 
Great. Well, that is this week in Lucha Libre history. Don't forget to check out this day in Lucha Libre history at LuchaCentral.com. But, Brendan, why don't you let our listeners know what else they can find at LuchaCentral.com? Well, I mean, if you're listening to this and you haven't been to LuchaCentral.com, it's really, really, really time to do it. LuchaCentral.com is the online home for Lucha Libre where you can get all the top news in English and in Spanish. Find the best curated video content and original content not seen anywhere else. Find when Lucha Libre events would be happening in your area. Find photo galleries from top photographers covering Lucha Libre around the world. Place to have your voices heard from weekly polls to annual awards seen and read by top executives in all of the major Lucha Libre promotions across the globe. On top of all of this, it's free. I mean, there it is. That's that's the if nothing else is going to sell you, that's the one. It's free. LuchaCentral.com. Your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. Up next, Dusty, you have some AAA news to share. Yeah, we do. Just some quick news. AAA had previously announced that there would be auto luchas happening this weekend, March the 20th. There will be two shows that Saturday. Both will be recorded. One will be recorded for their television programming. One will be recorded for social media. But as of right now, that's only going to be in Mexico due to the lawsuit. But they also announced that two more shows would be held on April the 2nd and April the 9th. And the announcement literature says that they will be taped, but uh, Lucha Blog and some others think that that might have been a misquote and that only this weekend's show will be recorded. So we'll just have to see. There were no new updates since last time in regard to, to the AAA Lucha Libre Full Media Ventures lawsuit, but we'll keep you updated on where that goes as well. Great. I think Brendan now has some CMLL yeah. yeah. Really, literally off, hot off the presses here. While we were recording this show, Lucha Central went and reported that CMLL has announced the Arena Mexico 65th anniversary show will be on April 24th. Wow. So I don't know. We don't know any, any other details on that. We don't know if it's going to be a streamed event or if it's going to be – I mean I'm going to guess that there will be some sort of fan attendance because the, that's one of the things that they've been holding off on announcing it for. So, But that's what I know on that one, and this is an addition since we're here talking about CMLL. They do have the iPay-Per-View coming up on the 26th of this month, so right around the corner here. So you can get watch that and uh, get yourself a little bit warmed up. That'll be the Copa Junior uh, tournament that was supposed to be on Christmas. But the anniversary show, once again, has been announced for April 24th. Exciting. Make sure you check out LuchaCentral.com. Stay tuned for more information. And, of course, this show for more information. Yeah. Up next, we've got a little bit of Impact Wrestling news. So this past Saturday was the Impact Plus Special Sacrifice and some pretty big title changes that occurred during that event. Um, first off, though, uh, we did have Decay, the team of Crazy, Crazy Steve and Black Taurus, defeat Reno Scum. Um, I just love this clip of Crazy Steve doing a tilt-a-whirl splash with help from Black Taurus. Um, it's awesome. Um, and I just love this team. 
team of, of Crazy Steve and Black Taurus. So it seems like the company's high on them as well. Um, not much of a tag division for them to be in. We'll get to that in a second, but um, still a, a really, really fun match. And it's also great. I mean, when you could see teams like Reno Scum, who you don't get to see very often um, on air and, and uh, get to have a great match, you know, hey, why not? Um, but in championship news, Ace Austin defeated TJP to become the new X Division champion. Um, and so this is, I, I'm happy with this. I think I said this on air last week that I would not met, be mad at another Ace Austin X Division championship run. And so we yeah. still do see some of that X Division contendership, uh, uh, rambling a uh, rumbling after this because of course tjp does have the first opportunity uh, but then you also have chris bay josh alexander also vying for a chance at the new x division champion so uh i, I was happy with this result a great match uh between the two if you are a fan of say anything related to lucha libre this is very similar in that and of course tjp you know has that background east austin is just phenomenal um so i highly recommend this match also in championship news, Finn Juice uh, became the new tag team champions, defeating the Good Brothers, which that I think for many people was a big surprise because Finn Juice is on loan from New Japan. Um, but they successfully defeated the Good Brothers and even retained the titles this past week on Tuesday's Impact show. Um, and it's been speculated that Finn Juice is going to take those tag titles to back to Japan. Um who knows, but that's pretty big news. It does also clear up the Good Brothers to continue their weekly appearances on AEW. And that's a whole other topic I don't have time to, <laughs> to go over. That's a whole little mini rant that I have. Uh, but the big news coming out of Sacrifice is Rich Swan beat Moose to become the unified champion. So for those of you who may remember, may not know, um, Rich Swan is the Impact World Champion, but Moose had been the self-declared TNA Heavyweight Championship really since last summer. He had found yeah. this belt. He wanted a championship. He found it. He had taken ownership of it um, to the point where it was hard to ignore. He defended it. He invited people to to matches and to the point where Scott Demore reactivated this championship in order to have a unification match. Um, and so the in, the result of this match, those whoever won would then face Kenny Omega, AEW world champion in a title versus title match at Rebellion on April 24th. So Rich Swan won that match. Um, Moose had also mentioned on social media he is planning to take some time off. Don't know if that was already planned or not, um, but we will now see Rich Swan versus Kenny Omega on April 24th in a title versus title match. Impact World Champion versus AEW World Champion. Um, and that is going to be available on Fight TV. And that's congratulations, Kenny Omega, for becoming a, you know, completing the affinity gauntlet because yeah. my thoughts already are impact wrestling is going to sacrifice rich one to kenny omega but that's just me yeah they, they i i am allowing myself a little bit of optimism here maybe after after hearing the interview spot maybe they're actually going to do the underdog story i don't in my heart believe it but they are at least leaving the door open to that yeah so and, and and they should because they you should it should be a little bit more unpredictable. 
You know, you yeah. should have a little bit more, you know, maybe. And Rich Swan is a huge, huge underdog in this. I just hope to actually see H Rich Swan on AEW television. That's been the problem. Yep. And my mini rant on this is that, you know, AEW has gotten all the perks as far as that TV time every week. But they haven't really shared a whole lot of talent. They get to have the Good Brothers on loan for however much they want, and they don't have to sign them for a contract. And they've been able to kind of belittle Impact Wrestling and all of this. And so um, there hasn't been an exchange of talent to the level that would benefit both companies. And, you know, it almost, to me, it feels like as much as I want to be optimistic, they've set the storyline from day one. Kenny Omega wants to go around the world and collect titles. Why not now, especially because they unified two titles. So does they now pretty much say Kenny Omega becomes the Impact World Champion and TNA Heavyweight Champion? I don't even, (laughs) I, I don't even know. But, uh, yes, uh, uh, Rebellion, April 24th, so a little over a month away. We are going to probably get another Impact Plus event uh, soon as well. And, of course, Impact is on Access TV every Tuesday. Up next, Brendan has this week and some uh, updates on ROH. Oh, man, ROH is still delivering pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, – the the this week we had a little lighter on the lucha content, but it still was good. We had a match with uh, Flamita versus Flip. Uh, there's a little bit of uh, storyline that was involved in this. All in all, it was a solid match. Uh, Flamita is is a kind of underrepresented and underutilized all of the lucha talent in mm-hmm. ROH. So it was really nice to see he uh, he's getting there because like. Even though I think uh, Ray Orus is the youngest of the the Mexa squad, uh, Flamita has kind of always just been, in American eyes, I should point out, the, the tag team partner of Bandito, and mm-hmm. that not necessarily a, a standout singles wrestler in his own right, which is an unfortunate turn of events for for a lot of people because he's fantastic, and this match really worked. Flip working as a heel. And being big enough to base Flamita just really made this match have a nice flow to it. Um, little, a, a little less, uh, lucha centric. You had Kenny King representing, uh, LFI or, uh, yeah, LFI. I put the wrong three letter abbreviation in my notes. I'm just going to leave it at that. Uh, and against Tony Deppin. Uh, this is one of the rare times where Kenny King gets to look like the big man. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, Tony. <laughs> no, it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. It's a fact. It's, uh, and it was, a, it was a decent match. Uh, you know, King is a little more American West Coast than Lucha, mm-hmm. so your mileage will vary if you are listening to the show on, on what your level of enjoyment for the actual match may be. Um, I, I, it was very solid to me and very serviceable to the story. I always enjoy watching Deppen work. He's, he's great, uh, at, at really drawing, putting emotion into a match that he's in, no matter if he's the face or the heel. And it's a rare talent that, uh, needs to be appreciated more. Uh, this, this ended kind of predictably with, uh, all of the LFI people in the ring beating on Tony Deppen, which brings out Brody King. 
and then Brody King gets uh eventually gets beat down as well. So they're kind of trying to allude to possible things that may happen in Roosh's title defense future, because that was the last big defense he had was against Brody King. Uh, Brody King, for those of you who are keeping track of my conspiracy theories about the uh, pure division, is in no jeopardy of being a pure wrestler in the near future. That's <laughs> so I don't think that that is where they're going with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not to say that Brody King couldn't do pure wrestling if he wanted to, but you've got a giant monster man who yeah. likes to brawl. Why on earth would you? Not that. Yeah, him? I think that's a safe <laughs> prediction. I think you're going to be all right with that. one, Brandon. I mean, I do want to reestablish because I, I am a huge Brody King fan that he is uh, Lucha trained. And he has the technical, yeah, he has the technical skills to do it, but that's not what people want to see him do. No. He's, he's a big old hoss and he can just just beat people up. He's great at it. (laughs) He's really great at it. How do you enjoy it? (laughs) So looking ahead, we have, uh, we have some more stuff that has been announced for the anniversary show. Um, and I don't remember what Specifically had already been announced in what's new, so I'm just gonna go over all the Lucha Central or the Lucha Centric matches that are uh so we've got Jay Lethal versus Roosh for the world title. We've got the world television title with Tracy Hot Sauce Williams against Dragon Lee. We have the World Tag Team Championships, which consists of Kenny King and Dragon Lee against Tracy Williams and Rhett Titus. So we've got uh that double duty going on there. If this is a Dragon if you're a Dragon Lee fan, this is a big show for you. Huge show. And I mean he's been doing some of his best work for like forever since going to LFI. So yeah. I am super excited to see him in two matches. The probability that uh the one of those two titles gets taken by the the pure representatives seems a little higher at this point since I mean they're loading the card. This card is all pure versus LFI, and I'm here for that. Uh, the one non pure versus LFI match that is still uh, lucharific is Mexico Squad is going for their uh, rematch against Shane Taylor Promotions after losing that that six man a few weeks ago. So. Um, loaded card for Lucha fans, and as we keep saying, they they uh they are the other company that consistently has made good use out of uh out of Lucha talent. We were talking about them earlier when we were talking about they have a ready-made spot for Andrade. Um, you know, just I I will point out that Rush consistently is representing Andrade in his gear too. Like they don't ever call it out, but if you yeah. know what you're looking at. You look at the mask, you look at the knee pads, uh, uh, La Sombra is there. So, uh, we, uh, we have this home for Lucha Libra here. They are consistently giving it to us here in 2021. And, uh, and so you're getting all of that. And they're gonna set the, they're setting the table up even more because next week on television, it's gonna be an eight man match with LFI against the foundation. So basically, if you want to see more shots fired in this pure wrestling versus the Ingo Bernabe, you got to watch next week's show. You know I will be. 
Yeah. <laughs> Sounds exciting. I'm, I'm super pumped for all of this, if you can't yes. tell. Ring of Honor, <laughs> keep bringing it. You, yes. you bring it to the table, and it's it just, this feels good. This feels good. feels good. This is a Ring of Honor people can feel good about. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and, uh, much like MLW, who we've been praising a lot, we, uh, we, there's just, they're offering a little bit of everything. We've got Mexa Squad being the, uh, the, the Technico luchadors. We've got LFI being the Rudo luchadors. We've got high flyers. We've got brawlers. We've got the peer division with, uh, the, the technical Yavis style being highly represented. Yeah. I mean, uh, and then again, since I made a big deal of this in the indie wrap, ROH did, it had the single best representation during lockdown for yes. safety for their wrestlers. They told, paid everybody to stay home. Like that's, they And didn't... their bubble is, is, I mean, their, their procedures yeah. and their bubble is like really one of the best out there. So yeah. now if they could just get women's wrestling back on there. They'd be perfect. Oh, well. Yeah. All of the, the, the top talent keeps getting scalped so hard. And, uh, you know, I, I am confident they will get it back, but, uh, it, they, I think their current strategy of focusing on who they've got and making that work. Very fair. Very is, fair. That is true. Just, just wanted to plug that in though for your I, ROH. You know, we love you, but you, you know, you can still do better. Yeah. So, you know, just, just wanted to throw that out there, but you guys are doing great. You're doing great, sweetie. You're doing great. Yeah, I just want to make it clear that we do love what you've done for wrestling in the in the year 2020, and and what you're doing now in 2021 for Lucha Libre is off the charts. I love it. Dusty, you have a quick New Japan update for us. Yeah, I do. Uh, Jeff Cobb, he was in the New Japan Cup. He was eliminated in the second round of the tournament by Evil. Uh, he really lived up to his name in this match. He both attacked Red Shoes and won with a low blow. He attacked at, Red Shoes? Yeah, it was crazy. Mm, the monster. <laughs> Grabbed him by his shirt. Yeah, it was intense for Evil. Like, it's more than we usually get to see. It was fun. I enjoyed the match. Evil has gone on through quite a few matches now to the semifinals and will face Shingo Tagaki on March 20th. So, yeah, keep an eye out for that. And our final news story of the day is from the NWA. Uh, and we mentioned that they uh, would be coming back, and they are. This Sunday, March 21st, NWA Back for the Attack is going to be live on Fight TV. Um, it will be available to order. And that includes, I mean, already a, a tough week for Thunder Rosa. She's <laughs> going to be on the card, and this is actually a NWA War, uh, World Women's Championship number one contender match. Um, she will be facing Camille, and this is actually something that they've you know alluded to and worked through uh, for a, over a year now, back when they were yeah, taking yeah. power. Um, but uh, the winner of this match will be the new number one contender for the NWA World Women's Championship. Uh, so, uh, and of course, there's you know, others on the card. Um, you have Nick Aldis defending the NWA World Heavyweight Championship against Aaron Stevens. Um, and then you also have a four-way uh, match uh, in- that includes uh, Jax Dane, 
Crimson, Jordan Clearwater, and Slice Boogie. Um, and there's also been teased other surprises coming. People that we don't expect uh, may pop up. So uh, you could check out the NWA on uh, social media. And, uh, you know, again, Back for the Attack is going to be live on uh, Fight TV. Fight, this, yeah. Yeah, this Sunday, March 21st. Um, and I... I'm sure we're going to be talking about Thunder Rose's match against Camille. It'll be very interesting to see if she becomes the number one contender um, and what that means because we've only been seeing the the NWA World's Women's Championship on AEW television. Um, so, you know, is that in match fairness, In fairness, they were the only ones recording. Well, that was what I was saying. They were the only ones recording. So it, can we get that match on AEW or is it going to be in another – likely going to be within in, in another NWA event um, but it would be very interesting if they, you know, continue to tell that story on television. I kind of though have a feeling this may be a time for Camille to shine. Um, she's been one that the company has been high on. And if all, we already anticipate that uh, Thunder Rose's time is going to be split with, of course, AEW, Mission Pro and others. Yeah. Um, this is a really good opportunity to build up Camille as a very serious contender. Yeah, yeah, and they've been waiting to put for her to step up. So, yes. So make sure to check out NWA Back for the Attack this Saturday or Sunday. Sorry, Sunday. 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 March twenty first. On Fight TV. Fight TV. And with that, that is it for this week's edition of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. Don't forget to check out LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. And you can also check out Lucha Central on social media, at Lucha Central on Facebook and Instagram, and at LuchaCentral.com on Twitter. We mentioned the YouTube page. Uh, either way, whether it's going to be live or a little delayed, you will get our uh, wrap-up of Expo Lucha on the YouTube page on X, uh, on Lucha Central's YouTube page, but they also have lots of great interviews and matches that you could see for free on Lucha Central's YouTube page. And then while you're at it, why don't you go ahead and follow us on social media, Dusty? Where can our listeners find you? I'm on Facebook at facebook.com/dustymurphy, and I am on Instagram at dustymurphy. And Brendan, where can our listeners find you? I am 321 T-Shirt Guy. That's the numbers. 321 T-Shirt Guy is all spelled out. I am on the Facebook. I am on the Instagram. I am extra super on the Twitter where I am also Miranda's inbox. And I bring this up this week specifically because Miranda is hosting an event during Expo Lucha. So if you want to give instant feedback to, to people that are communicating with Miranda or the open inbox there. That's me. I will be on Twitter and also Instagram while that the event is going on. So you want to tell Miranda she's doing a good job. I'm your guy. Yes. A live tweet of sorts uh, during the ring of love gating dating show. But yes, thank you very much, Brendan. Um, again, I will be hosting the ring of love dating game during Expo Lucha this Saturday. Make sure you stay tuned. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, a, a luchador-centric dating game. I mean, what could go wrong? Um, <laughs> if anything, it's all, it's all about finding true love. I don't Puro think amor. poor girl knows what she's in for. <laughs> yes, I, I am not sure either. Um, <laughs> but that's going to be my job, to help her navigate the rough seas of love. 
so she can find her tag team partner for life. <laughs> me, Miranda Morales, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at the hashtag Miranda. Hashtag is spelled out. Let us know your thoughts. Uh, feel free to reach out to any of us on social media. And also, while you're at it, uh, if you are listening to this through one of your podcast streaming platforms like Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. So subscribe so every time a new episode drops, you can get notified. You can give us a five-star rating, and you can leave us a review. As Dusty mentioned, he's changing some things up with AEW, so let us know yeah. what you think about the format of the show any topics that we should cover in the future things that you like or you don't like about the show let us know trust us we can handle it and thank you all so much for listening to another edition of the lucha central weekly podcast we always greatly appreciate it and we'll be back next week with another edition because that's literally in the name we're lucha central weekly so just got to keep on rolling with the weekly stuff yeah I mean, that's just, that's just what we do. Week in, week out. Week in, week out. 52 weeks. We got you. Rain uh, or shine. Rain yeah. or shine or even with time zone changes. We got you. <laughs> <laughs> so for Brendan Barr and Dusty Murphy, I'm Miranda Morales. Thank you so much, and we will be back next week. Respetable público. Lucharán a dos de tres